for calling Call Me Cowboy. For Western lifestyle, press 1. For country music, press 2. For cowgal pals, press 3. Or stay on the line to speak to our representatives. Thank you. What is up, guys? It is the brunette half of the Call Me Cowboy podcast, Hannah Beth here, for a solo episode this week. I'm going to be talking to you guys all about Dare to Be a Cowboy, which is a nonprofit organization that I started in 2014. Um, and then actually next week, Katie is going to be doing a podcast with her little sister, Georgia, and they're going to be doing a family stories episode. I heard it's really funny, and so I'm really excited about that. But Katie and I decided that we're going to just try to hold each other accountable to finding balance in our life. Her and I both have our own jobs. We have like our own businesses and we're also in school and then we also have this podcast so her and I decided together that we're going to be doing everything that we can to again hold each other accountable to be taking breaks and that's what these solo episodes are for. I'm sorry my cat just distracted me now she's trying to eat the beautiful flowers that my boyfriend bought me and that is just so rude so hold on just a second. Okay let's get back to it. I have not recorded a solo episode in so long or what feels like so long. It's really only been a few weeks. But for those of you guys that don't know, I had my own uh, solo podcast called The Unbridled Podcast. And I uh, really all I ever wanted for that podcast was a co-host because it is just so fun to like have conversations and to get deep about certain specific subjects that both the hosts align with. And so I feel like that's what manifested into this podcast with Katie. And it's just been so awesome to be able to have like I said somebody that I can have like deep conversations with and that understands like what I'm personally going through and just understands the western world and it's just been really cool to also hear your guys's feedback and how much you relate to a lot of what we're talking about when I release a podcast you're just like so in your head and you're not sure if anybody's going to be able to relate to it or if anybody's going to get anything out of it or if you're boring or whatever it is and so it feels amazing whenever we get positive feedback and that not only do you guys relate to it but you just appreciate that we were able to talk about it because again sometimes it's not the easiest conversation to have and podcasting especially long-form conversations is I feel like one of the most vulnerable forms of social media and so yeah that was a long way of me saying thank you and I hope that this podcast can continue to just be a way of you feeling like that you're talking to your best friends. With that said though, if you are going to the NFR, let's freaking meet up, okay? I don't want anybody afraid to not just come up to us but message us beforehand and like let's plan a date. Katie and I want to meet every single person that we have been talking to on Instagram. Let's meet up, let's go to lunch, let's go to an after party together. Like I really want to network and meet all of you guys and it's just going to be a really good time. So okay with all of that said I'm going to go ahead and get into the podcast. So Dare to Be a Cowboy is a nonprofit organization that I actually started when I was 16 years old and that was seven years ago in 2014. I'm going to take a couple of steps back before I get into like what it is because there's a backstory as to why I ended up starting it. First of all, I'm a first-generation cowgirl myself. My mom did have one horse when she was younger, um, and she showed on it, I believe, and had it for, I think, three to four years. Um, she ended up selling it by the time she was 16, way before I was born or anything. So once I turned seven and my brother, I believe, was about five-ish, my mom wanted to get my brother and I into horseback riding lessons. This was also due to the fact that we lived in a very, very rural community of about 400 people and there was nothing better to do, quite frankly. And so my mom got my brother and I into these horseback riding lessons that 
we really just learned about showing and just all things like Western showmanship, horsemanship, all of that. Really, I to this day claim that that's like one of the best things that you can do when you first get into horseback riding in general is kind of learn the foundations and stuff. Just as a side note, because when you rodeo, you're not judged on how you ride. Obviously, it's judged on how fast you go. So I just feel like that and inevitably ends up making or creating a lot of bad habits. So very grateful to my mom for getting us into showing, even though I eventually grew out of that one. But so I was about seven and that was when I rode my very first horse. And ever since then, I was freaking hooked and I was so grateful maybe not at the time, but definitely looking back now, I'm so grateful to have had parents that were so supportive and would quite literally spend their last dollar to make sure that not only did I have a horse, but I had matching pink and purple tack and that my horses were fed. We had a house that could have horses, like, etc. Horses are no joke, and so I am just very grateful. But so again, I was very lucky to have parents that supported my dream and that were able to, that had jobs that even though we weren't well off or rich or anything like that, that they were still able to support um, me being able to have a horse. Oops. Me being able to have a horse, me being able to have the tack and to go to Jim Canna's and everything. Um, I didn't start Jim Canna, so like quote unquote rodeo until I was 13 years old. And I remember I played soccer with a friend that was part of the local Jim Canna club and she knew that I had ridden horses or that I had horses and all of that. So she got me into Jim Canna and that's kind of like what opened up the barrel racing and pole bending type of world to me. And from there, really my rodeo career just blossomed. But again, just going back to like just the story of it all, me being a first generation cowgirl kind of really quickly made my mom and I realize how hard it is to get into this industry like to find the right coaches to find the right horse to know what the heck is the right decision like it was the most intimidating thing and I at the time I was only seven eight when we're looking for our first horse and my mom will tell me stories about how she would go luckily I had a coach I will say like I feel like that coach really helped us out a lot and that's one big thing that I try to be for my lesson kids now is kind of a mentor for their parents too because it is such an intimidating thing so luckily my mom had my coach at the time help her find like our family's first horse and my first horse and all of that but I remember my mom telling me stories about how she would go out and try horses and say hey this is for a seven-year-old beginner etc and this horse is straight crow hopping like before she can even sit all the way down on it and so it was just like a very intimidating difficult world to get into not only for me but definitely for my mom again one really big reason why I appreciate her is because she had to navigate a lot more things and I even realized at the time in order for me to even have a coach in order for me to even have a horse to find what the right saddle for me to be in was and not to say we didn't learn so much since then and aren't learning to this day but that's just insane like I definitely have put it into perspective now that I am doing lessons because a couple of my lesson girls have had to get their first horse or have had the opportunity to get their first horse and their parents are straight freaking out and are asking the most basic questions that I wouldn't even ever even think about now and so it's actually kind of inspired me to want to put together like a whole little course or something for dare to be a cowboy for potentially first time horse owners because there is so much to it long story short 
very grateful to have parents that put in the time and put in the work and ask questions and met the right people. And I obviously definitely think that it was God that had led us on the path because there was just, you know, a few things like my mom being a photographer that led me to my second coach that was actually my rodeo coach and just variables like that, that I, you know, looking back now can see that that was God's plan and I'm on God's path. And I don't know, I definitely think when you're getting into it, that's part of it. But at the same time, it really does take a lot to find the right people and the right horses. And I really realized this when I got into high school rodeo and I had a best friend who she wanted to get into high school rodeo with me. It was about the same time that I was trying to get into it. I was really into goat tying at the time and she was too. And she went to a couple junior rodeos with me. We were practicing all the time. We actually bought and sold wristbands that say long live cowgirls at our local high school as well as cookies so that we could fundraise for the high school rodeo year and we were just so into it together and she also had a mom that was super supportive of her dream but she after a very long summer of her and I practicing together and trying to get ready for high school rodeo she called me and basically said that she was not going to be able to high school rodeo. It was just way too expensive and there was just no way that um, her family was going to be able to afford her to be able to do so and to travel to all the rodeos. And so I feel like this was kind of one of those moments where, I don't know, as a young 16-year-old girl, I, I was very selfish and I didn't really think about anybody else but myself. And I feel like this was one of those moments where I kind of realized that I am very blessed to be in the position that I am even though I am not in a rich quote-unquote household or whatever like even just the fact that I have supportive parents and that I have a coach and that I have the horse that I need and you know even though I have a rusted old bumper pull at least I have a bumper pull to pull up to the rodeos um just you know like started to realize kind of how grateful I was to have what I had. So yeah, she was not able to rodeo with me and it, this is going to sound so like ab abrupt, abrupt. I, I honestly cannot say that word. I've never figured out how. Um, it was very sudden and I clearly remember sitting at the kitchen table. I don't even think I was doing anything. My mom was making dinner. We were pretty much just getting ready for dinner just like any other regular night. And I remember pulling out my laptop, pulling up the notes and writing Dare to be a Cowboy. And I literally wrote the entire mission and just said it, the mission. I, I honestly bet I could find the notes somewhere. But um, wrote something like to help kids get into the sport of rodeo and I had no idea what the heck really my vision was necessarily with it. I will say I've always been an entrepreneur type of girl like ever since I was a little girl I had stores in my room where I was selling toys and all the family would come over and I would try to get them to buy toys and I'd be easily frustrated because I'd realize like there's no scalability in this how, how am I going to be able to convince my family to buy toys every single day and from there starting actually a, a quote-unquote organization it was never fully a tax ID 501c3 organization but um, called Sabrina's Mission when I was 13 uh, so I did a full toy drive and got a bunch of toys towels like dog food all kinds of stuff and that was something that I really wanted to do and I'm still really passionate about uh, animal shelters and animals and stuff like that but anyway so that was a very common thing I guess you could say for me to do is like come up with a business idea or a plan and kind of run with it and just see where it went but nothing ever fully blossomed into something crazy so I remember my mom was standing right there and I was telling her about it and I remember her just being like oh yeah like that's a really good idea I like that a 
lot and then telling my dad and sort of the same thing not that they brushed it off but again it was just something that they were used to with <laughs> little hannah beth you know just <laughs> trying to run the world here but anyway so i remember that night i came up with the name and the mission literally immediately and that night i made a facebook page and within the next 24 hours we already had like 400 likes or 600 likes or something like that on the facebook page and that's kind of when i realized that i might have something good here and you know looking back now i don't really even still think that i realized how big dare to be a cowboy can actually be um i feel like i haven't even said what it actually is so i hope you guys Okay, I'm going to explain what it is. Just bear with me for a second. So back then, again, it just blew up so fast to the point to where I had no idea. And I look back at that one moment and I just think, God did that. That was not me. I am fully just a vessel for whatever this plan is because how was I able to just come up with a name that fast? Like, how was I able to come up with a mission? That's just to this day why I'm so convinced that God put me on this earth for Dare to Be a Cowboy. Because even since then, I've had businesses say like the self-care cowgirl or barrel racing planners or, you know, just like different adventures like that. And nothing has ever, ever, ever came as easy to me as Dare to Be a Cowboy was. Like the vision and again, the name, the mission, like absolutely everything that I had, just it's something that again is so much bigger than me. And that's what I try to remind myself of as I go through everything that Dare to Be a Cowboy brings. But okay, so with all of that said, let me talk about Dare to Be a Cowboy and just what it is. As I sort of mentioned earlier, it is an organization to help kids get into the sport of rodeo. And when I started it, it was specifically for rodeo athletes for kids that again want to become a cowboy or cowgirl but don't have the resources for it because again from my side of things I didn't have the educational resources I guess you could say or even the supportive resources it was very coincidental that I was able to even find the rodeo coach that I was able to find and even the horse that I was able to find and again I feel very lucky and blessed that I ended up on the path that I ended up on but I do feel like there's a lot of kids that aren't able to become cowboys or cowgirls or even think about that because one there might be you know they may live in an apartment or they may not know anybody that's a cowboy or whatever the reason is or two that they don't have the finances for it that is just something that all cowboys and cowgirls know is how expensive this industry can be and so that was like the main reason why I started it is I had no idea how but I wanted to help kids get into rodeo I wanted to help kids stay in rodeo as well so I remember when we first started we did simple things like well first of all I put a board together because for those of you guys that don't have a 501c3 nonprofit organization the legalities that come with it are are absolutely out of this world. If you want to get into a 501c3 organization, take like a year to study absolutely everything that you need to do between the bylaws, the business plan, the board members, like there's just so much to it. So the first year actually ended up looking a lot more boring than I even anticipated. I don't know how like God must, my guardian angel and God must have just been with me the entire time because I look back at the beginning of the journey with Dare to Be a Cowboy and not being an entrepreneur, like a, a legitimate, like I had no education or anything to back me up whatsoever. I made a lot of smart moves as a 16 year old. And so one of the biggest moves that I made that I feel like really so, and even still to this day contributed to our success is that I created a board 
of people that were twice the age of me and five times as smart as me. And so I was surrounded by people that, you know, was an engineer for Facebook, that worked with Arena Rodeo, that owned their own business, that is, you know, head of sales and had this entire board team of just absolute badasses that were from the beginning incredible vessels for our mission. And so that was the start of Dare to Be a Cowboy is we kind of got all these people together, which we had known, you know, these were family friends or people that we worked with at the Reno Rodeo or whatever it may be that we ended up creating a board of really badass people. And from there, Dare to Be a Cowboy, I swear, just blew up. And I never really knew, okay, am I going to have this locally or am I going to have this internationally? Like I would have interviews with people and they would say, okay, where are you guys based out of? And it was a very confusing question to me because the place, the town that I actually live in, we weren't actually doing programs here because it grew internationally so dang fast. So we tried to do a lot of things in Reno. We did a free dummy roping clinic where we had 50 kids come out and we just taught them how to rope the dummy for absolutely free. And then we had a jackpot afterwards. And then we did other programs in Reno, like with the Reno Rodeo. We partnered alongside them to work with them on the kids day. We had a dare to be a cowboy day. So yeah, I definitely think one of our biggest and best moves from the beginning was to surround myself with people that were smarter than me that had my best interest in mind and that could help me make decisions that were way bigger and way more complex than I even realized at the time. Like I remember being at the meetings for the bylaws and I'm like just continuously thinking to myself, why is this important? Like why can't we talk about the outreach programs? Why can't we talk about our monthly scholarships right now? Like why do I need to figure out the bylaws? The most boring stuff and it's almost like school related. But yeah, looking back now, again, so grateful that I had those people around me because that is absolutely vital to not even just a nonprofit organization, but business in general. You have to get the legalities out of the way. And actually, once you do, things run a lot more smoothly. And so, yeah, I, I don't even thinking about it now. I don't really know like what the moment was where my parents actually realized that this was going to be a, an idea that was really big. Like they were, again, always so supportive of me. And so I think it was just like my relentless energy and just absolutely not taking no for an answer and just running with it. I think my parents started to pick that up as well. I think also just being able to have the people around me because at the time I was in high school rodeo. So I had at that point in my life, I had a lot of legitimate friends that also were in the Western industry and that were just absolute diehard people that would support whatever I did. And so I feel like that that helped out a lot too was being able to have my rodeo family and they were just like such special people in like spreading it spreading the mission and wearing our patches and posting about us on social media like every high school rodeo I went to there would be people coming up to me asking how they can help out and uh, I think from there it just built and built and grew and like I said it went international so fast and I don't even that I don't know how like during the arena rodeo we did a lot of interviews with like the Wrangler network and just things like that and so I think that that helped out a lot too and we were just able from there to just grow so big and so we started doing monthly scholarships where we would send kids to clinics with professional athletes. We would collect donations of saddles and boots and we would send those out. We, I mean, all the way from New York to Texas to Florida to just all over the United States. And then I ended up making it to nationals and meeting with the Australian High School Rodeo Association president. And we were able to coordinate with them and do some outreach programs for them as well. And so that's where we ended up going international. And we had a retailer in Australia too. And it just all of a sudden like literally I started this in 2014 April in 2014 and by 2015 I was speaking in front of the arena rodeo in front of 10,000 people about dare to be a cowboy having a dare to be a cowboy 
day having cotton ross or where the dare to be a cowboy patch all the pickup men wearing the patch all the flag team girls like it was just absolutely insane in just a blink of an eye and i don't think i even had time to grasp or realize what the hell was actually going on meanwhile again i started it when i was 16 years old so by the time i turned 17 actually i was graduating and so school at that point became a really big priority what am i going to do for college where am i going to go again i rodeoed i goat tied made it to nationals so that was a whole nother side of like my rodeo career was okay i need a rodeo scholarship i need to go to school and i really need to focus on this for the next four years of course that's not how life works i always thought in the beginning that i would be like when i was younger i thought i was going to be married by the time i was 21 i'm gonna have kids by the time i'm 23 and etc etc and that's just not how life goes and i'm actually very grateful it didn't so yeah i ended up going to texas to sam houston state university for rodeo and my parents and i basically made the decision that they were going to in the background kind of run dare to be a cowboy but basically it needs to take a, a back seat for a little bit while i go to college and while i pursue school and there's so many life stories and life lessons that have happened from then until now but essentially i was at school in texas for not very long before i ended up moving back home and then i kind of just went through this phase just personally um of just kind of a low point in my life where dare to be a cowboy rodeo horses was not my priority whatsoever and there was probably like two years there where i was just a little lost puppy and i really didn't know what i wanted with my life and i think that that stemmed from not fully grasping how special rodeo was in my heart and how grateful i was to have the people that i did around me and like for example even like moonshine my horse and just like the energy of a rodeo and everything like that i totally took for granted i took you know my social media following for granted i took dare to be a cowboy for granted everything absolutely my entire life for granted for a couple years there until of course you kind of just go back to where you came from and you realize why you were there in the first place and why just like that entire journey fueled you so much so with all of that said there was never a point in my life that i didn't think that dare to be a cowboy was what i was put on this earth to do like i always knew dare to be a cowboy was a long-term plan and i feel like for that reason i definitely put it on the back burner in a way i didn't really think that i was ready for something like that like i knew the potential i knew how big it was everybody always told me how great of an idea it was and how big it could get but i never really thought of myself as somebody that could be the strong vessel that led it to where it needed to be and so it got to the point to where I almost felt like I failed with dare to be a cowboy because in the beginning like I said it was so good and everything would just happen so fast where we had all these opportunities and we had partners with the biggest rodeo western companies that there are and just like it all happened within a year within two years and then you know I went to college and then had that like low point in my life and I'm like did I fail like did I was I not able to do that and it wasn't until the beginning of 2020 so the beginning of COVID actually that I just felt another really big pull and tug on my heart that said things don't need to be perfect you don't need to be perfect but you need to get going with this. 
And at the time I was working an office job, a corporate job. And if you follow any of my personal stories, you know how miserable that was for me. And I like at that point I had had, I restarted rodeo and restarted riding horses really hard again in the beginning of 2019. So that's, I think in 2019, I really had kind of the realization that rodeo is where I am meant to be. And then in the beginning of 2020, again, I never had the plan of ending Dare to Be a Cowboy. Dare to Be a Cowboy is always something that people are like, when are you going to get that going again? You know, like what what's going on? And I would always dread the question and cringe if anybody ever asked me that question because I didn't know. I didn't know my plan. I knew that people like had so much faith in me. And for some reason, I just felt like a failure, even though like Dare to Be a Cowboy did not fail whatsoever. Neither did I. I just literally intentionally took a break. And but for some reason, the mental game to get it back going was just so difficult. But again, in the beginning of 2020, I just something I just felt like I need to restart this. I need to get this going again. So we actually ended up launching it with cowboy quarantine boxes. And I ended up sending 50 kids, um, you know, because they weren't able to go to school. They weren't able to go out or anything. So I ended up sending uh, 50 kids a free box full of cowboy goodies. And it was cowboy toys, coloring books, stickers, just like all kinds of stuff. And from there, uh, you know, within the last year, it has been absolutely crazy. But the, I just think about the journey that has led to this point. And I've never felt so strong in myself and in my business. Like at this point, Dare to Be a Cowboy is like my child that I will protect with my entire soul. And I never had that before. Again, I feel like I really took it for granted because it all just happened so fast. And in a way, I feel like I almost didn't have an attachment to it because of that like I just felt like it was so much bigger than me that I wasn't able to handle whatever it brought like I will tell you it's so easy for me to say yeah I went and spoke in front of 10,000 people at the arena rodeo about dare to be a cowboy it is very easy for me to say it but looking back I didn't want to go in front of the audience because I was scared I was so 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 scared to the point to where I am in the RV in the Reno Rodeo parking lot crying my eyes out because my dad just told me that I was able to speak to that I am able to speak to Bob Tallman tonight about Dare to Be a Cowboy again I don't I don't put any fault on myself for that. I was young. I was 16, 17 years old. And there is a lot of emotions and a lot that goes on with that age. But I will tell you that is not something that will ever happen again. And that is simply because now that I'm older and now that I've had Dare to Be a Cowboy at its highs and I've had Dare to Be a Cowboy at its lows, I've also seen myself in my highs and my lows that I am so much stronger to the point to where, like I said, I will protect this organization with my entire life. And I've realized that the mission that comes with Dare to Be a Cowboy is so much bigger than me. It is not about me whatsoever. And that has been a journey and a realization that has made me really appreciate the people that I have around me that help out with Dare to Be a Cowboy, that reach out to me um, just to support, that share our posts, that you know, like somebody gave us a donation for Dare to Be a Cowboy two days ago and um, and I'm crying. I'm literally full on sobbing. I It was just funny for me to think about because, again, I felt so detached when I was younger and now that I've really 
kind of grew up with there to be a cowboy it's just so funny how appreciative i actually am and it's not even a quarter of the way of where it's gonna go and i'm already just very grateful for all the programs that we have been able to do within the last year and the people that have helped us the support that i've gotten from my town and all my friends and yeah it's just funny because even with interviews and going to talk to people and everything it's very easy for me of course i get anxiety still of course i get nervous but it's very easy for me to go up to people and not be afraid to talk to them and to do the interviews and put all my emotions aside because again in my mind this is so much bigger than what I am who I am what my anxieties are that's just a weird place for me to be in because it just shows how much growth and strength that I've accumulated throughout the past three years and how you really do have to go through a lot of hardships it's never going to come easy for you and because of those hardships and because of all of those low points and because you know of the people that are rude to you and just you know all the emotions and situations that life puts you through like to the point to where I'm not even afraid of failing anymore because I feel so confident in the fact that I need those failures years in order for me to be a better and stronger person because I specifically have gone through the failures that have been the most embarrassing just absolute worst moments of my entire life and if it wasn't for those moments I would not have the best times and moments that I've had within the past couple of years within the past year from the beginning of 2020 until now Dare to Be a Cowboy has accomplished some incredible things and one person that I'm extremely grateful for to have on this journey with me now that I never had on the Dare to Be a Cowboy journey before is Keegan. He's my boyfriend of actually four and a half years as of yesterday which I didn't even realize until just now four and a half years that's so cool but anyways he was never um a part of the beginning of dare to be a cowboy so he was like you know kind of came in while I was at the low point and heard about it and heard about all the stuff that we were in before and all the things that we did but never got to experience it so within the last year he's gotten to go to the Reno Rodeo Kids Day with us he's gotten to see the Senior Living Center probably like three or four times with now this mini herd that I've accumulated for Dare to Be a Cowboy that has just been the absolute best asset for us. So I've gone to the local senior living center and have been able to just bring the animals out to give them, you know, a smile on their face and to make their day. And then we also worked with a local Western shop to donate $1,100 to the local canine program and actually a mental health and resource support group for our local first responders as well. So we've been able to kind of expand outside of just helping the local youth and just youth in general and that's been something that I've been really excited about. Like I said, we also did happen to get a mini herd, which for an animal lover, this has been just the absolute best idea possible. So Dare to Be a Cowboy before has gone to like the Reno Rodeo Kids Day and we'll teach kids how to rope with our helomatic dummies and then we'll hand out information, talk to people about Dare to Be a Cowboy. Now I had just this great idea of getting a mini donkey and bringing our goat and then also getting a dwarf bull. and creating this mini herd for dare to be a cowboy so that we can bring them to events and it has been 
the best time with them and the best idea and something that I'm going to absolutely run with. So we've brought those animals, like I said, to the Senior Living Center and then we brought them to a couple local rodeos and then actually this last weekend we were able to host our very first kids day and this was a really big deal for Dare to Be a Cowboy and something that I've been working on for the past few months that is a foundation for a really big year in 2022. So basically with Dare to Be a Cowboy, my plan is to host other kids days at other pro rodeos and I want to be the main host for basically all the kids days at all the pro rodeos so um we have just within this past couple of months speaking of my appreciation for keeg keeg and i have built all types of equipment like we haven't built a bucking barrel but we bought a bucking barrel we built like these shaped out cactuses for cactus ring toss we cut all of my poles in half and like rewrap them with duct tape so we have mini poles we got these cute mini barrels um built like a farm animal bean bag deal and then of course brought the petting zoo animals as well and it was just it shows me that this is exactly where i need to be because there's been people that have given me quite a hard time and I struggle with even calling it a nonprofit organization because I feel like sometimes people perceive us as a charity yes we're giving back yes we're making an impact on people but I am running this like a professional business because I am damn serious about it and I don't want people to think that we're asking for handouts or you know anything like that like I want to be so legit so straight up so intentional with anybody that I talk to that this is something that people can't help but fully respect and so that's something that I've come into the mindset with 2020 kind of is that you know just running this like an actual business and taking it so seriously and anybody that's going to give us a hard time about what we have going on as long as I personally know that I have the best intentions and I'm fully protecting my organization that we will inevitably be okay and it has paid off and we have a lot of really cool stuff coming up like I said especially for 2022 we're planning on putting on the kids days we would like to keep doing our backstage pro rodeo experiences with kids and just so many more things I just feel very aligned with dare to be a cowboy's path and in a way I just feel very proud because it has been a long road and a long journey to get to this point and I just feel so strongly in the dare to be a cowboy mission in what we are genuinely trying to do and the impact that we are trying to make not only on my local community but the nation and internationally that there is nothing that can stop us and I read this quote that said it may take me a little bit longer but I ain't selling my soul and that's something that I really try to stay strong with and that as long as I keep the grind up and keep working on it and keep my intentions clear and genuine that everything will turn out to be okay so my sound box is giving me issues right now and I'm really hoping that all of this ended up recording if not I'm gonna have to go back and record the whole thing <laughs> oh lord What's up, guys? As many of you probably already know, I'm a lover of the Western lifestyle, and I'm also a graphic designer. I love creating things that blend a little West Coast into the Wild West and speak to the modern cowgirl. I create stickers, tees, and much more, and you can shop it all at Etsy.com slash shop slash Wayward Western Co. That's Etsy.com slash shop slash Wayward Western Co. And make sure you tell them that Call Me Cowboy sent you. You use the code Call Me Cowboy 10 at checkout, and you get 10% off your order. That's Call Me Cowboy 10 for 10% off of your order. Thanks, guys. My goals for the future of Dare to Be a Cowboy is that we're the pioneer of the future of rodeo, the Western industry, and the agricultural industries. And what I mean by that is that I want to be the largest organization in the PRCA and the PBR for the 4-H, for FFA. 
I want to be giving thousands and thousands and thousands of kids opportunities to be a part of these organizations, to enter rodeos. I want to give lessons. And my biggest dream for Dare to Be a Cowboy is that we will have a headquarter someday where I can host lessons, host events, clinics. I can have summer camps for kids and it's all Western and agriculturally related. Like I wanna have horticulture opportunities. I wanna have fishing opportunities. Like I want it to be for kids to get outside, to enjoy nature and you know, of course also to enjoy horses. And so those are my dreams for Dare to Be a Cowboy. I wanna really show kids how much of a difference the rodeo and Western industry can make on somebody and how impactful uh, caring for something other than yourself can be for yourself and your future and there's just so many benefits that come along with this lifestyle that a lot of people the majority of people don't get the opportunity to live out every day and this mission and organization is going to give kids that opportunity and it's crazy because even earlier this year I put together kind of a rough estimate of how many kids we have personally had an interaction with and it is thousands that we have personally been able to reach out to and work with and you know teach how to rope or just anything cowboy or western related and it feels really good and so I'm really excited to see where we're going to go from here. Also just while I'm thinking about it some ways that we could use some help is if there is a rodeo in your area that you either work with volunteer for whatever that dare to be a cowboy could be a part of we would love to do that. We're also always looking for coaches people that are putting on clinics just any sort of thing to where if we find a child in your area or we may already have a child in your area that has an application submitted that we can help fit their needs with also if you want to become a volunteer you can be anywhere in the nation and volunteer for dare to be a cowboy so if that's something that you want to do we have the volunteer application up on our website like for example we do monthly grants so this september we had a little girl go to the trula churchill clinic which was so cool trula churchill is the most awesome person to work with has always been an amazing supporter of dare to be a cowboy but that's just one version of our outreach programs and so literally anything that you think of i always tell people that want to volunteer for dare to be a cowboy i want to i want you to do what your passion is so if it's photography if it's coaching if it's producing if it's whatever it is like i want dare to be a cowboy is just an absolute open expansion and we can do literally anything with this mission feel free to contact me feel free to email dare to be a cowboy and we would love to work with you and then also if you know a child that is either in rodeo or wants to get into rodeo then we also have a refer a child application on our website too so all you have to do is fill that out or have the parent slash guardian fill it out all we want to know is what the child's dreams are and goals are and we will work on what we can do to help that child out and help them get into the industry i don't think i mentioned this part but we have grown from more than just getting kids into rodeo we want to grow into just helping kids get into the western way of life and agricultural way of life in general. I believe that there are plenty more careers and opportunities out there than just being, you know, like a pro rodeo cowboy or cowgirl. And so I want to be able to show kids that as well. So just because they don't want to be a cowboy or cowgirl doesn't mean they can't be a part of our organization and can't, you know, find other opportunities that there are available. So definitely go find those applications and fill those out if either of those are something that you think you or a child that you know would be interested in. Okay, guys, so that is going to be the end of this week's episode. I ended up having some technological issues, so I'm hoping that all of this comes together really well. 
I'm pretty sure it cut me off, but if you guys want to find more information about Dare to Be a Cowboy, our website is daretobeacowboy.org. We also have a Facebook and an Instagram. Those are all Dare to Be a Cowboy as well. And yeah, we have a bunch of opportunities for you guys to become volunteers or like I said, if you have a child that you know that wants to become a cowboy or cowgirl or even just be a part of the Western agricultural industry, then definitely go fill out an application to nominate them. We are doing monthly grants besides all of the other outreach programs that we have coming up. So with that said, again, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to stay up to date with Dare to Be a Cowboy, go to the Instagram with myself, go to at Hannah Beth Virginia. And of course, to keep up with the podcast, go to at Call Me Cowboy Podcast. Next week, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, is going to be Katie and her little sister Georgia. They're going to have family stories. It's going to be really fun. And then Katie and I are going to come together the week after that. So stay tuned. It's going to be a super fun next couple of weeks. And like I said, We have so much cool stuff coming up. So definitely be following us on Instagram and definitely be listening to the podcast. And yeah, with that said, I will see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye.